Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. on the things we say, overcoming our fears one at a time. Hallelujah. <laughs> and by the end of this, we won't be scared of anything. No, we won't be. And hopefully neither will you. Yeah, that's that's really the goal. That's really the goal. Let's be real. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I had an interesting thing that I ran across on Twitter today, and that was uh, John Acuff was challenging people that he had this thing in his mind when he started running. Okay. That I'm not really a runner. I just run. Yeah. And he would never call himself a runner. And he'd even run certain marathons and stuff and still didn't call himself a runner. Yeah. And he's like, it's time for you to start calling yourself what you are. We're broadcasters. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I like that. <laughs> See, what what's interesting is I think that is a generational thing. And most of the people that are listening to us are the same generation, basically. Yeah. And... And or younger, or younger and, yeah. and a lot of us struggle with <clears throat> we're in the marketplace of ideas and and we're and we go to work at these jobs of people that have been around for 20 years in a particular industry yeah whatever that is you know whatever sphere you're in like you're a pastor okay right there are pastors that have been doing what you're doing for 30 years right longer or, or than more you yeah or more yeah and it's like when do you Begin to just own that for yourself and say, yeah. you know what, I am like, I am a trainer. Yeah. Like on, I am an on-the-job trainer. That's yeah. what I do. I I am a broadcaster. I am, you know, yeah. and just own it, own what you are, and overcome that fear of saying, eh, I kind of I do this podcast thing on the side, or right, you know, like my wife is like, eh, I paint sometimes just to make me feel better. No, you're a painter. Like, <laughs> right. You paint stuff that no one else can paint. Right. Like, it's really good. Right. You know. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I don't know why we do that, but there is, there's always this tendency to kind of, I mean, I remember that for the longest time when I was on staff at the church at the beginning, you know, I was 10 years younger than the closest person to my age on staff at the yeah. time. And so like, I was the kid, you know, I was the, and then there was a point that I hit where I'm like, okay, I'm not the kid anymore, but I don't see myself as like. The, a pastor like one of them, yeah. but then there was kind of a transition that started to happen, which of course solidified once I was licensed by the district and like started pursuing education in that realm. Like that really, to me, felt more definitive. But it's interesting. There's some things where you don't do that. Like obviously, when I became a husband, I became a husband, and I was a husband. Right. You get then. to call yourself a husband. Yeah. There's no. There's Sounds no weird, earning, but you still do it's, it. It's there's a there's a direct. Here you aren't. And here you are, and there's a line in between that you yeah. actually cross over. Same with becoming a father. Yeah. Like, I could not just... I, I had children that that made me a father, period. Like, there was no debate about that. So it's funny that we do that with other things, you know? I, I, I think part of it is because if you're, if you're doing something that re- requires skill or requires experience, you always know there's somebody better than you. Yeah. I mean, you just always do. And you always should. If you're the best at something, then you probably aren't actually good at it at all. Yeah. And I just want to, like, that fear is not on our list, but I wanted to, like, 
just put it out there yeah. because a lot of people our age really struggle with calling themselves who and what they are, That's even good. though they're filling that function. I like that. Like, get over your fear. Start calling yourself what you are. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you'll get paid like it. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> there you go. I like that. So last week, uh, some people may have thought that we were hard on particular fears. <laughs> but that's mostly just because I'm a fairly skeptical person when it comes to people telling me that I need to be afraid. I'm immediately like, why do you want me to be scared? Yes. Um, so Jess gives me this article. And we had just done, last week we did unsupervised kids up against sex trafficking, and we said that sex trafficking was probably scarier. Yeah. So Jess was like, you seem like you've been kind of hard on sex trafficking, like it's not (laughs) a big deal. She's like, what do you do with an article like this? Here's the headline. Officials clear more than 120 missing children cases after human trafficking sweep. This is from Michigan, a place in Michigan. Uh... Wish I could find it in the article. That would make things a lot better. It gave me a dot on the map. Uh, Detroit. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Detroit, Michigan. And it it says it says officials clear more than 120 missing children cases after human trafficking sweep. Okay. I'm gonna ha- ask everybody put on your thinking caps, your math caps. I want you to keep track of these numbers as we go and. Even if you've done homeschooled math, please tell me how many kids in the story were actually trafficked. Okay, I'm actually going to write down the numbers you're about to say. Here we go. I'll just read the article, and it's short. When we get to the end, you tell me how many kids were actually trafficked. The headline is, what you hear from the headline is 120 kids, human trafficking, right? Yeah. Officials clear more than 120 missing children cases after human trafficking sweep. After investigating more than more than 300 missing children cases, officials have more information regarding the sweep and what has happened since finding 123 of those reported missing. At least 301 missing children. So over 300 was actually 301. If you're keeping score at home, at least 301 missing children cases were given another look recently, encompassed in an overall human trafficking operation to identify potential victims, but a small percentage of the children found were actually suspected of being victims of trafficking. In their efforts, the teams began investigating cases and looking through files of children reported missing. Participating officers then started visiting locations where the children were reportedly last seen. They also spoke with friends and schools to question about the the children who were being sought out. The initial number of 123 kids that were recovered included at least 16 from a previous sweep. So they recovered 123 kids. They didn't recover them from anywhere. All they've done so far is pull up 301, so they're going to have a human trafficking sweep because it's a big deal. We need to find out where it's happening, when it's happening. So we have 301 missing children reports. Let's go out and see if we can find them. By simply going to where the kids were last seen, asking a few questions, they found 123 kids where they were supposed to be. So they were filed, reports that were filed with them never was followed up on, Never was followed up on. But then never given a, hey, they're back. Just by simply going to where these were, 
123 kids were found. They didn't go dig them out of somewhere. They didn't bust them out of any cages. Okay. Okay. These are just kids that they ran across. Yes. Okay. Of in the, the course of, the of 301. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the initial number of 123 kids that were recovered included at least 16 from a previous sweep. So these 16 had been found before and were also found again. <laughs> Good job. The search overall was to find the missing children, but its emphasis was on identifying victims of trafficking abuse. Why? Because there's money in identifying victims of trafficking abuse. Mm. All of the children who were recovered were interviewed by authorities. So they interviewed all 123 kids. Investigators said that at least three of the children showed signs that they were victims of sex trafficking or sexually victimized or so of the 123 three show signs that they had been sex trafficked or sexually victimized officials are still working to determine if three of the children were victims of sexual abuse at all so they showed signs but nothing that could be necessarily confirmed even of those three even of those three they're still working to see if they were victim, actual victims of sexual abuse. Just from the interview, they were able to rule that out in 120 of the children. And they're investigating the other three. According to the Detroit News, all of the children found were under the age of 17. Yes, because it was a missing children's <laughs> report. Only four of the children found were still actually missing. The others were merely listed as missing in police computers because a guardian never confirmed that they were relocated after reporting them gone. This is how you get misleading kidnapping statistics, people. Yeah. At least 107 kids were placed back with their parents or guardians. They placed back? I'm confused as to when they were ever gone. Yeah. But in the computer system... Now they're, they're placed, placed back, back yeah. with their parents. Okay. This is a computer organizing so much process. Journal, so much journalizing. Journal, yeah. journalizing. The, the process <laughs> revolving around returning the children to a safe environment is kept private. However, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services told the Detroit News that they aren't allowed to divulge any information about the children. The search was conducted with the support of the National Center for the Missing and Exploited Children, as well as Michigan State Police Department. Overall, the sweep took place over the course of one day, totaling eight hours. Okay. So Michigan they didn't do much. The sweep. Did they get lunch during this time? <laughs> Michigan State Police Michael Shaw said they are continuing to look for the 200 children still listed as missing. What 200? That's... They're rounding up. From 178. From 177, I believe. Or is it 178? Okay. Because it was three, 301 minus 123, yes. right? 178. Okay. So they're rounding up to get to 200 children that are still listed missing. We get more than 1,000 runaway complaints per month. Most of those who are still missing are runaways. The investigators will continue to look for them. So if you're getting a thousand runaway complaints a month, and of those computer errors have led over time to three hundred of them still listed as missing, yeah, that's a large majority of runaways simply just 
come back home as soon as they're reported missing. Yeah. And on top of that, 123 of those being back where they're supposed to be. Just by walking around for eight hours. Why is this article even written? President, yeah, uh, no. No, never mind. That's the next article down. Why was that, that was it for the article. Yeah, who wrote this and why? No, it was <clears throat> being shared on Facebook because proof of sex trafficking. Look, officials clear more than 120 missing children cases after human trafficking sweep is probably the worst headline yeah, you can get out of this. it has nothing to do with anything. What it should, it say, should is say is three children. spent eight hours on Monday cleaning up their case their files. Their Yeah. <laughs> What is Why that? Why put human trafficking in the article at all? It is complete clickbait. Oh. And, is the and sti- you know what? Uh, you, know what? <laughs> you know what? I bet statistically, I bet statistically, those kids were less abused than the total runaway population. If you had kids that were at risk for sexual abuse, it would be kids that run away. Like I bet it's much higher yeah. percentage of kids that run away. Not only end to up mention getting that, abused sexually somehow, or in, not to mention if that's why they're measure. running away. Sure, and and that that should be much higher than three. Like you would think, statistic. Not it should be. I know. I got. I've got you. I've got you. Statistically, I would think that percentage is much higher than three out of 123. Yeah. And it's actually even much lower than three out of 123. This is my point in not being so scared of all these things. Yeah. People believe they're living in a world where this, where 120 kids in Detroit were humanly trafficked. In fact, what we learned from this article. None of the kids in this article were taken by a clandestine organization to an undisclosed location and sold to the highest bidder or anything like that. Do you think this is just like a new version of the satanic panic, essentially? Is that what we're kind of looking at here? That's what I'm getting to. But the satanic panic thrived on kidnapping stats that were as misleading as this. And I don't know why we're going back to this again when we have the ability to get better numbers, except that, I don't know, I honestly have to interview somebody from law enforcement to get to the bottom of this. Somebody that would be real about it, that doesn't. That doesn't well, somehow the have too. their paycheck tied to right. Well, and that's the thing too. When stuff. an actual kid goes missing, right, it becomes national news. Yeah, for any period of time, it, it becomes national news. Really? Yeah. So, wouldn't this Even be happening in a custody all battle the time? Where somebody yeah. without custody took the kid. Yeah. It's wouldn't still this reported. be happening all the time? Yeah. I don't know. So I'm not saying that I disbelieve the whole thing. I'm not. It's it's a very scary scenario anytime a kid goes missing and we should try in our best efforts to make sure that nothing like this happens to children you know what's interesting but this this is man, this is very i'm a little worried about the civil liberties this is, implications yeah, behind this is a, all of this, this is a very small pool i understand that i've not been a lot of places particularly big cities i have never known or known of or been close to anybody who was or had a child or a spouse for that matter who was kidnapped. Yeah. I have never known anybody. I've known a couple of runaways. I've had some people that I've known who have been molested or sexually abused, but I have never known Usually anybody. Usually by someone they know. Right. I've never known anybody. 
Yeah, but people, that has been kidnapped. People, I, I just heard somebody today saying that one of their fears, is, like when they're alone in the dark, is that they're going to be kidnapped. And I'm like, we fear this in proportion to it happening way worse. One of my fears is anything. that I'm going to have to shoot somebody that tries to kidnap me when I'm alone in the dark. <laughs> it's a little different, but yeah. it's still a fear. <laughs> I don't want to shoot anybody. <laughs> but I would shoot them without question. Are you trying to kidnap me? Yes. All right, you're dead. <laughs> Sorry. You lose. All right, we're going to continue with the lightning round. <laughs> we brought back our bell. Yes. It seems to be functioning today. Yes. Uh, it, was, it was from a thrift store, I believe. So, lightning round. Upper right-hand corner. Animal products versus species extinction. I don't know how these related ones keep going head-to-head against each other. We're supposed, we're supposed to be fear, fearful of both of these. Yeah. Oh, I have a species extinction one if I can find it. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I'm just going to rant about species extinction. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this, this is what annoys me about global warming. This is what annoys me about all these movements to save and conserve animals or particular. Like, everybody wants to talk about deforestation. What they don't want to talk about is the fact that forests are being replenished in, in, in waves in ways that they never have before. And deforestation is not really a thing like it once was. Yeah. But here's the thing. In, species, in, countries in, that, in countries in which the economy has improved, yeah, it's, you actually see reforestation. Right, right. So here's the thing with extinction of species. Even though there have been events where they have been hunted to extinction in some cases, for the most part, their environment just goes away and they die, which is a natural process. If we were not on the earth doing it, something else would be doing it. It is a natural process for species to go extinct. It just is. It's happened for centuries, millennia even, depending on what you're... And if you believe in evolution, if you it even just believe before man. If you even just believe in adaptation, it's a truth. Species go extinct. And so this idea that we're somehow going to... I, I think it, it's something of, of humanity's God complex that thinks that we can save the trees, save the animals. Like, and I get it. We need to be responsible for the things we have around us, and we need to steward the earth well. I'm all for that. I'm all for conservation in the sense of, of, of actually protecting and, and doing well with what we have. But this idea that we have to be the guardians and saviors, no. Species go extinct all the time, and we don't care about them. Insect species, whatever, you name it. They call but we, we only care about the cute ones. I don't remember who the comedian was, but he I remember him talking about we only care about the cute animals that are being extinct yes. going extinct. And he's like, you know, you hear people complaining about what about all the dolphins that are being caught in the tuna nets? Yeah. What about the tuna that are being caught in the tuna nets? <laughs> Nobody cares about the tuna. Well, there's more because they're ugly fish. They're ugly fish and dolphins are cute and everybody thinks they're like humans. But anyway, that's my thing. I don't understand why it's a thing. Again, I know there are going to be people who love animals who think that's horrible that I'm saying that. But you know what? Just wave to them as they go by. Put them in the history books. Leave a picture, maybe some video footage, and let's move on. In 1979, Oxford University biologist Norman Myers stated in his book, The Sinking Ark, that 40,000 species per year were going extinct and that a million species would be gone by the year 2000. He suggested that the world could lose one quarter of all species by the year 2000 at a 1979 symposium. 
And I want to know what the stats have actually done. Then Senator Al Gore said in his 1992 book, Mm. Earth in the Balance, illustrated his assertion that living species of animals and plants are now vanishing around the world 1,000 times faster than at any time in the past 65 million years, with a handy chart indicating that the species would be going extinct at an annual rate of 100,000 by the year 2000. These people don't know. Fortunately, Ripley and the others were wrong. In the past, and it's likely the, that the IPBS is wrong now. Yes. But. I, yeah. I'm just not. I'm just it not is re- in, in fact, it's reported that some 800 species are known to have gone extinct since not 1990, 1500. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's my biggest thing. 800 like, species since 1500. Well, and that's the thing. If they go extinct, nothing happens. They already make such a, such a small ecological difference in the world because of how small they are. It, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Some species are small. Some are large. But for the most part, yes. they're already a small enough pool that they don't, they don't matter. <laughs> Why are wolves increasing all around the world, lions decreasing, and tigers now holding steady? Because the wolves are in rich countries, lions are in poor countries, and tigers are in middle-income countries. Prosperity is the solution, not the problem. And tigers will kill you, so they will kill them first. But tigers are scary. But the point is that often rich countries are able to yes, take care of Yes, we need that, so. something to do. No, we need the reason that we're supposed to be scared of animal one? products, oh, animal like products. You're, if you eat too much red meat, then your colon's going to fall out <sighs> and you're going to die. And if having animal products in anything is a big problem for people that are vegan, all the rest of us are like, yeah, we hear you vegans. We've watched your documentaries. We just don't care because bacon. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also because it's genetics. It's not, it's not the animal product in itself. It's genetics. It's how your genetics interact with those things. And we have found that to be true. So I think both of these are stupid, but we got to put one forward. So I'm going to go with, gosh, I don't even know. These are both (laughs) such pet peeves of mine that I don't even know how to do this. Yeah. I don't find animal products harmful at all. Now, if you consume them at a much higher rate than give me species extinction, I will move that one forward. Okay. There we go. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> While I write this, we're going to go over the next one, police brutality and allergies, food allergies. Food allergies. Oh, man. Okay. Let me, let me give you my perspective on food allergies because I'm kind of a half-half on this one, okay? Okay. Because, obviously, legitimate food allergies are terrifying. Like, yes. I've known people with peanut allergies that, like, if they even smell it, it will start to or cause a reaction. Or peanuts on something and it yeah, touches it them. It can literally kill people. Like that part of it, yep. I don't think is an extreme. I think that is worth being afraid of. I think it is smart to have a healthy fear of that if that's a thing. And genetically, man didn't drink milk until right. like a couple right. thousand years ago. And right. some portions of the population have adjusted to it better than others. Yes. And genetically, as we've gone I'm, on through... Yeah. Some people are just lactose intolerant. I am one of those people whose genetics do not do well with dairy, yeah. unfortunately, which makes me so sad, but it's true. But mostly because of cheese. It's not really that you're in the minority. Like no. there's just a people significant just don't care. part of the population yeah. that Yeah, nothing bad happens to me. I just feel like garbage when I eat eat it. Yeah. It just I get bloated and weird things happen. But here's my thing. The trendiness of food allergies. <laughs> 
where everybody's allergic to everything just because they read that somebody else was. And they're like, yeah, I had that symptom once, and so now this is going to be a food allergy for me. No, you may have an intolerance to something, or you may just be really paranoid. So to me, it depends on what we're talking about when we're talking about food allergies. Legitimate food allergies, yes. Terrifying. Totally get that. My, my, my cousin's daughter had such bad food allergies that when she, was a, when she was a small child, they literally had her wear a T-shirt that said, don't feed me in, with large letters, and then I have food allergies underneath. Because it was anything, like it, it, tons of things she was allergic to. Until you can narrow it down. Yeah. To, then, yeah. yeah. And, and basically once they did, <laughs> my poor nephew, they, t- <laughs> they tested him for allergies once and... And my mom asked me, he was real small. He's like, did they find out what you're allergic to? And he looked at her dead serious and said, outside. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, so food allergies, yes, but also no. And what was the other one? See, I can't see Police brutality. Oh, police. See, this is another yes and no for me because an actual police officer. Now, if these two had been head-to-head against the first ones, we would advance both of them. Yes. Over the first one. Yes. Police brutality is a terrifying thing only in that when it happens, it is terrifying because what are you going to do? I remember yeah. I remember watching a guy on a gun channel talking about what he would do in the case of a rogue police officer as a concealed carry holder. And I thought to myself, what what kind of like what are you left with there? Yeah. Because all you're gonna hear is officer down and everybody's gonna show up gunning for you literally because you just shot a cop. So, so there's, there's, yeah, you can't shoot back. You can't fight back. Yeah. And if, I mean, there are a lot of instances and I, I've said it before on the podcast, but Philando Castile was probably the big one for me. And there's been a number of others where I'm like, yeah, we could have got this done with a little less violence. Like the the Rodney King incident is a perfect example. and And I hate, I hate, uh, second guessing someone in the moment uh, like in their bang bang decisions oh, yeah. because you know if i had to defend myself do i want a videotape right. of exactly how that went down like i saw it this way in the moment but how does it look on video could yeah. be totally different you know yeah i don't know yeah. i i'm not i'm not saying any of this to condemn cops no. is what I would say. But on the other side of it, it is a terrifying thing to interact with a police officer if you don't know. Yeah. Well, like and, and if, if the situation is escalated to a point right. when they arrive that the situation needs to be handled. Yeah. And you're like, how am I going to be perceived when they roll in? Right. You know, and I've and I've known cops and former cops who have spoken not directly by name, but basically said, yeah, there are these certain people, they should not be a cop. Yeah. Because these are going to be problems for them, or these have been problems Well, for that's them. the other thing. I've been riding around with guys that are cops, and they'll see another cop going the other way, and they're like, that guy is a complete knucklehead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like... So, I mean, there is... But he's there, going somewhere. Yeah. And he's going to And that's the thing is, people. there is a... Re- that's the, the one thing is, there is a... Even though there's there's kind of the blue wall that happens. I mean, yeah. if, if something goes wrong with a cop, they they close ranks, but they know internally, and they do deal with these things. Even though we may not see them, they do get dealt with. Wow, well, the same thing in the military. Yes, like those yeah. guys get dealt with. So so, uh, in my opinion, I think we should move police brutality forward. Okay, because I feel like it's it's the life threatening food allergies are not as common as the possibilities of abuse in this sense. 
So that's that's my plus. That's my we're vote. not taking ourselves seriously. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Let's need, not take this seriously. I just need something that doesn't make me rant on both sides. I, okay. I, Home invasions and Russian hackers. Mm. <laughs> I'm not scared of Russian hackers whatsoever. Or, <laughs> go ahead. I don't know. I Have you say, watched Russian television shows? Yes. Have you watched any, like, just this week I was watching some sort of competitive diving that they were doing where it was belly flop competitions <laughs> from a high dive and everybody's cheering. And I'm like, oh, this looks so painful. And then I'm like, these guys are going to go home and they're going to hack away. Like, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen kids in American high schools that I'm like, that kid could probably hack the Pentagon. Right. And that's the thing. Hackers but, are not very few hackers other than can you even be a hacker? Know. Can you even be a hacker and be government employed? Yeah. No, no, no. No, wait, 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 wait. Are you a hacker? Like white hats and black hats. No, but I'm saying white hats are hackers who got caught and are now working for the government or going to prison. Those are your <laughs> options. But do they literally, like, we're going to train you to be hackers. Like, is that going to be a thing? Like, here at Hacker Training School. The cyber crime Or division. is it more like, yeah, but that's how to catch the people that are doing it, not to do it. Like, so my thing is, is like, they're, they're kind of this are rogue thing. Are you more thing, scared of idea. home invasions or Russian hackers? Home invasions, I guess. I don't know the, the rate of frequency of which home invasions happen. No. I think it's low. Here's my, my thin feeling with home invasions. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Yes. But I think there are several that have been really, really bad and made the news. Yes. And the other ones are mostly drunk people <laughs> yeah, coming sure, through the yeah, wrong the, door. I know somebody who, d- who that happened to, like uh, uh, Sarah Gentry. When she was growing up, she said she came downstairs one day, and she looked on the couch, and there's this guy laying there sleeping there, and she assumed it was one of her brothers. And so she just went about her day and was getting ready to go to school and whatever, and come to find out later, no, it was, it was some guy who was plastered who thought it was his house, walked in and fell asleep on the couch, yeah. and didn't know that he wasn't in his own home. I mean, it's still not enjoyable to be in a house no. and have somebody that shouldn't no, be there coming all. in the door. Not at all. But, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, as far as home invasions, I guess you could say my neighbors had one in Worcester when I was living there. The guy walked in an unlocked front door while they were in the house, took some stuff off their counter, walked back out. Is that even really a home invasion, though? Yeah, I feel like a home, he came in the front door, but I feel like stole, a home and stole stuff. And I left. feel like a home invasion implies intended violence. Still more scary than Russian hackers. Yeah, it's still more scary than Russian hackers. <laughs> I would if it love was, to see. If it was just hackers, I would say they'd be more scary. But specifically Russian hackers, they're like the boogeyman now. It's not even a thing. Well, everything gets blamed on them, and oh, I think it's I way above their capabilities. I know. Russia, everybody forgets that the entire Soviet Union was basically a third world country other than their arms, arms uh, development. And even that is kind of suspect as yeah. to what they actually were capable of. Yeah. Once In the again. race to space, we were kicking their butts. Like, we didn't know it, but... But we know we now. Were. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Home invasions. Home invasions. Although, just a simple deadbolt will often be your best friend. Okay, we have both pro-life and pro-choice somewhere on here. 
because we're told to fear both sides, mm-hmm. and half the country is very fearful of the other side, so they both appear on this list. We have pro-life people up against fake news. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's uh, my thing with fake news. I do not mind fake news because I love the onion. Yes. I wish there were more outlets that just printed <laughs> that knew they were doing that. Okay. That I like satirical outlets. Yes. And then but what I don't take seriously all the time is the people that claim they're reporting real news. Yes. And if you have to tell me that you're reporting real news, I automatically suspect you yes. now again. Yes. So I guess my, my question is, is there a real news that's worth having? Because hmm. we have fake news on here. If we're supposed to be afraid of fake news, then how much of the world are we afraid of? I have a bad recollection of most of my childhood. <laughs> is me recounting stories from my childhood, even though they're 60% accurate, fake news? If you ask my sister, who has a much clearer memory, she would say yes. That's fake news. That's yeah, true. everything you just said there is totally inaccurate. Okay. But it's how I remember it. Okay, I, I say we move pro life forward. Okay, I'm I say we move pro life forward. Argument here. Well, well, here's my thing. Fake news is exactly what it is. It is. It's either confirmation bias. You're listening to something that, yes, you know in your heart of hearts that it's all garbage just to make the other side look bad, and that's why you're listening to it. Or it's the opposite of that, where you're pointing a finger and saying, see, all they do is report to make us look bad, which is also true. But you're just on both sides of that. And it just, everybody, nobody trusts the news anymore. Nobody trusts the news. There are people who watch it, but we watch it to be entertained. We don't watch it anymore to be informed. If we want to be informed, we go to Wikipedia. And then we find the, the, the weird spider webs that take us different places with that. Nobody, nobody actually who is, who is under, I'm going to say nobody under 60. I'm going to go that nope. far. Nope. I would say nobody under 45. I know. Let's some... compromise and say 50. Okay. On average. Okay. Nobody under 50 really, really believes everything they're seeing there. So I think... I think pro-life has some, some outliers that are scary. Yeah, if pro-life, if the pro-life movement was totally just about, we want everybody to stay alive, and, you know, and is anybody that has innocent life, like, yeah. you cannot just end innocent life. We're, we're here, you know, fighting for the voiceless. We're, we're yeah. here, you know, sticking up for their rights and all of that. Yeah then I would be like, no, those people are not dangerous at all. No. I've been around them. I've been to Walk for Life. I've yeah. been to March for Life. Right. Like, I've been but in the middle of all but these then people, there's the, and they're some yeah. of the most lovely people yeah. you ever meet. But then there's the outliers of doctors who do this should be executed and jailed, yes. and women should be those you know, forced to, and birth crazy. control shouldn't be a thing. And, and, and not only that, but we should also maybe blow up an abortion clinic or two. There are those outliers in there. So I would put pro-life forward because there are some very fringe crazies that exist in that. Yes. And yeah. Pro-life. There we go. Which feels really weird. But, I know, it but, feels but, so but bad but for both of us. But it's better than it's right. better than the other. It's better than the alternative. Self-driving cars versus contagious diseases. Contagious diseases because self-driving cars are awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. 
contagious diseases, I think at the beginning of this was like Ebola. Yeah. And you know how Ebola dominated the news cycle for... Because it was literally in Ohio A solid a month. No, there was one person but still, that made it from it, where it, it was takes. to here. That's all it takes is one with yeah. something like that. I don't know. Okay. It, it's like Ebola or E. coli or like what are some of the right. other ones that just spread round and round? Right. Swine flu, bird flu, which I don't know what the West Nile virus. West Nile virus. That, okay. This is partly <laughs> my rant. How many people, <laughs> when West Nile first came to the U.S., were like, it's going to get into the mosquitoes. Then the mosquitoes are going to bite everybody and everybody's going to die. Yeah. Has everybody died? Yeah, it's here. Here's here's the thing. We always I'm compare. We always how compare. Bad it is. We always compare. I haven't heard about it in six years. We always compare to contagious diseases to things like tuberculosis, bubonic plague, the black plague, and and influenza. Yeah, we can combat all of these things now. We medical science has moved beyond yeah. these things. But not only that, conditions have changed so much since those things were massive killers like we understand cleanliness more we understand we talked about it germ theory like so i don't think they're to be i think weaponized viruses are much scarier than just the (laughs) the the communicable disease aspect i've heard that too and people have always been scared of like okay the dirty bomb is more like is nuclear is is radiation radiation yeah but like a a virus bomb yeah and that would be easy to plant at, like, an airport, you would think, or yeah. something like that. Oh, but, I mean, even somebody who intentionally infects the themselves with something and goes to an airport specifically to spread it. Yeah. And how much of this do we buy? Because if, if the potential was actually that close, wouldn't Al-Qaeda or some I terrorist think, organization have already but used I think, it? But I think the thing with that one is that it's completely indiscriminate. When you go and you blow yourself up, you're harming yourself and those immediately around you. That seems indiscriminate, but it's not. So it's if a targeted. terrorist cell does yeah. that, it's still targeted. If you release a disease that can become a pandemic, it knows no boundaries. It knows no national boundaries. Whatever you're trying to do cannot necessarily be accomplished by doing that. But we the are also fearing something that has never been done. Never been done. No. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but I think that I'm just saying... I'm not saying it's something to be feared. I'm saying comparatively, it's something to be feared am, more than that. I is. hate self-driving cars. I hate the idea of self-driving cars. I think it's inherently un-American. The part of your this, freedom to move about this country is delivered to you by that automobile. I, I'm with oh, you. I'm so, with you. But here's the one reason. And I have one reason alone that I love the idea. And this is it. Everyone has had that moment when they're laying or when they're driving in their car. And all you want to do is close your eyes for like 15 minutes. That's all you want to do. You're driving at night. Your wife's snoring beside you because she's been out for the last hour. Your kids are asleep in the back. You're getting stars in your eyes literally from watching all of the other cars pass you on the highway and the lights blinding you. And you're just like, if I could just rest my eyes for 15 minutes, I would be fine and I could keep going. 
And if you could push a button in your car and lay back in your seat and fall asleep for those 15 minutes, it would be the best 15 minutes of sleep of your entire life if you could have it in that moment. And that is why self-driving cars, the option of self-driving cars... Oh, you're talking about would optional awesome. self-driving yes, cars. Not, I'm talking about not like, mandated. I, mandated anything, I'm going to start shooting at them for no, it. No, I don't even want to share the streets with a self-driving car. Like, I don't want to be going down the road and that guy's sleeping at the wheel. That's not great. I don't trust computers that much. That's fair. That's fair. But in a lot of ways, they're more accurate with a lot of things than we are. Yeah, but I don't trust it with my life. Well, we trust computers with our life a lot. I'm not. I'm not. So you want to? So you want to put cars forward? Self-driving cars forward? I wanted to initially. Self-driving cars, it is. I'm okay with that. You can put it forward. Go <laughs> ahead. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. But then you made such a good case for a dirty virus bomb. But see, that's a different subject, though. That's that's not the same. Okay. That's not the same. Okay. I was I was making that point to say that this isn't as scary as. Okay, that, being so. single and corruption in government. <laughs> We're supposed to fear both of these. Like, Uh, people that are single are being told, you really should, like, find somebody. And you need, like, it'd be a really awful thing if you ended up just single the rest of your life, blah, 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 you know. And then I meet a couple, like, I've talked to a couple married people in the last week, and they're like, if my wife ever dies, I'm never getting married again. (laughs) Like, this is not happening. Oh, that man. isn't my story, yeah. but there are. I've yeah. I've definitely talked to these people that are like, yeah, man. If this ever ends, like, I'm Although, never getting married. I will married admit again. having kids changed my perspective of that because I used to be like, of course I would get married again. Like it would take a while, but I would do it. But now, once I had kids, I'm like, bringing somebody else to be in a mother type role to my children, like, that's the one that weirds me out. I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely weird. Yeah, I don't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I just can't stand being alone. I think the thing about being single <laughs> is that people are afraid that they're just going to be missed. Yeah, they're they're afraid that nobody's going to be around to essentially witness their life. Yeah, other people want, are concerned with people being single because they a they think there's something wrong with you or they're just nosy and have no life of their own and so they're trying to butt into yours. But I think there is a legitimate visceral fear to that idea of. I don't want my life to go unnoticed. I don't want to go without having somebody that's witnessing my life along with me. Because you have that growing up. You have your parents. You have siblings. You have all of that. And then all of a sudden you hit this point in life where you're out on your own and suddenly that's not there. You come home to a cat or to a dog or to nothing. And that's, that's just an interesting, that's an interesting thing. I think that's a very real thing. What was the second one? Corruption in government. <sighs> My fear about the corruption in government thing is, like, I don't think that the Constitution actually holds any constraint on anything that they do. Pretty much if they decided they wanted to vote to spend money on something, anything that there is, or decided they wanted to actually do something, you know, whatever it is that they focus on, they can pretty much do it. Yeah. And and that was found with the whole NSA spying. Everybody was like, what? The NSA has been doing this? And everybody was really mad about it. And then it went away. Yeah. And they're still doing it. They yeah. were doing it before we gave them permission to do it. And outside of the bounds of the Constitution, there was never big constitutional fight about it. Right. They were just often doing it. And, and then the we thing. found it's, out about it. It's and not, then we don't care anymore. It's not the government specifically that worries me. It's the bureaucracies that have been created that are there forever. 
Yeah. So yeah, like you the have Bureau career... of Land Management rolls in and says, "Hey, that fire you started over there burned accidentally burned over into like public land, and now you owe us thousands and millions of dollars, and we're here to take your farm." Right. Like, and what is public land anyway? If it's owned by the government, you know, it's not public land. You know, land. I have a solution for the national parks. Oh, I do if too. If you want to add one more national park, it you only have a certain allotted amount of acreage. Yeah. You can apply that wherever you would like, but when you annex more area, you have to pick your lowest performing parks and sell them to the highest bidder. I, okay, I like that. <laughs> but here's my actual idea. My actual well, that was your actual idea. I'm sorry that that made it sound no, like it's I was okay. discounting. I'm not. I'm, but I'm my fine idea with is you having is, an actual idea. is turn the national park system over to the Native American population. Ooh, this is an intriguing. Allow one. them to keep any profits. The government no longer has anything to do with it. They're still tourist attractions. They're still run as they are run now. But the Native American population has the right over them that they should have had all along because it's technically the lands that we promised them at various points and then took them away from and them And if they later. start logging the national forests, they, They've logged the national forest. <laughs> but they wouldn't because that would kill their source of income. But that's the thing. Uh, is I feel like they it, were making a great income on parking like, lots. But I feel like it solves two problems because it solves the issue of government dependency that we've created in Native American tribes, which is really the travesty of what we've done to Native American peoples. And it gives them back something that we originally took from them and say, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to and let the land it be it conveniently be yours answers again. the question of if the Native Americans were still running the entire country yeah. without all of our influence, yeah. uh, what would it look like? Yeah. Yeah. Would, yeah. It, would it be? But that would be my solution to the National Parks. Would it parks. be the... the uh, Garden of Eden that it's painted? No. Or would it be something else? And I have a no. feeling it would be somewhere in the middle. When we first got we'll here, see. half of the tribes that were around were actually cannibalistic in terms of warfare cannibalistic. They weren't cannibalistic like they would just eat each other to eat oh, each other. Like yeah. in that whole magical, mystical... No, you're saying that they fought against each other. No, I mean, they were literally cannibalistic. Like if you get back into some of the journals, it was one of those things where like if you went to war with somebody, it was that, that principle that like you absorbed someone's power, their life force or whatever oh. by consuming a piece of them. It wasn't like like you see in the movies where it's like, oh, we're going to just eat humans, eat humans. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was, it was a spiritual and it was religious. part of the ritual. Yeah, ritualistic part of it. But it was true. It was, it was a thing. You, know, you can actually find a lot of that in journals from all sides uh, back in the day. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. What are we on that I got yeah, onto why, that? Why, uh, you mentioned the national uh, park system. Yes. What are we on? Corruption, corruption and, and government, government <laughs> versus being single. Good grief. We need to shorten oh, this up. I think being single is, is should move forward and corruption and government should not because we all know it's there. We all know it's there and we don't. We, we're, we're comforted by the things that we know the country was founded on and we know that everybody's just screwing with it. We know there's a whole bureaucracy that's moving along, chugging along, doing whatever they want. And that, that's poked the Constitution full of holes like Swiss yeah, cheese yeah. and we and don't found really loopholes and yeah. So while I think it's a legitimate concern, it's when hasn't the government been corrupt? How? When? Like give me a when. Is there a government that isn't corrupt? In some way. So let's yeah, let's move <laughs> okay. let's move That's the other a good floor. point. Okay, <laughs> Wall Street crash versus brain eating amoebas. Now the brain eating amoeba one is really kind of scary to like country kids because it's that thing that we didn't know when we were kids. You could be swimming in a pond and you get these weird yes. things that will like 
But when has it happened? Rot. That's my thing. When has oh, it that happened? Is, that has happened a number of times. How many is a number? Uh, let me look it up. What I want to know is the number of kids that go pond swimming versus the number of kids that get the brain weevil or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> I know it comes from swimming in a pond. The other one is Wall Street crash, where, and, and that's like uh, recession as well. Yeah. <sighs> We're all supposed to brain-eating amoeba... Cases, here we go. Okay, give it up. <laughs> Let's do this. Whoa. Oh. Oh, it's very rare. Yeah. Since 1962, the CDC has recorded just 143 case reports. Wall Street crashes. <laughs> Come on now. If An we... average of fewer than three victims a year. See? Though all but four have perished. So it is very rare, but very Very deadly. deadly. Totally get that. But that's just one where you're like rolling the proverbial dice and it's like, Florida hey, confirms case of brain eating amoeba. If you get that's a brain eating amoeba, your number came up, man. Texas, brain eating amoeba 2018. California. Yeah. The, it, the it number, is. The number you, is 143 yeah. in the last 53 if years. You, if, you find, if you go find one of those, your number was up. That, that, was, that, was, your, that was your bullet that with was, your name on it, so yep. to speak. So, you just had the unfortunate yeah. pleasure so, of not yeah. dying Wall in your Street, sleep. Wall Street crashes, because that <laughs> affects way more. <laughs> Wall Street crashes. All right. Moving along. Uh, we have both police brutality on here and Black Lives Matter, just to have both sides on mm-hmm. here. Because uh, both sides say you have to fear yeah, the yeah. other thing. Uh, so Black Lives Matter versus bullying. <sighs> Because bullying is right, very, very scary. Here's why I think bullying is scary. Not bullying in and of itself, but anti-bullying. <laughs> the the, why, the anti-bullying campaigns that have come up. Okay. Because it, we're trying to teach our kids that they're not, big, they're not smart enough, strong enough to handle a problem on their own. They need to go find someone who is in authority over them to take care of the problem for them. What do they always say? Find a teacher. Find a parent. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Go tell somebody. Go. T- and there's things like mutually, mutual uh, or uh, uh, no-tolerance policy for fighting. Like, that's a huge problem. Like, you're going to tell me, you're going to look a child in the face and say, it doesn't matter why you're fighting. Fighting is always wrong. Fighting's always wrong until it's not. And if you're yeah. defending yourself or defending somebody else, it is not wrong. Yeah. And that's one of the things I plan on telling my kids. Like, when you get into school and you get into public school, they are going to have a no-tolerance policy. And I'm not going to expect you, like, if you pick a fight, you're going to have a problem with me when you get home as well as, as with the school. Yeah. But if you're defending yourself, know that there will be a consequence for your defense, but I, you, there will not be a consequence at home if somebody, if somebody picks you out of the crowd and decides to come after you. Or if you're coming to someone else's yeah, defense. Yeah, or coming to someone else's defense. Right. So, so what bullying has produced in terms of it becoming such a fad and all the anti-bullying campaigns that we're seeing that freaks me out a little, but uh, and, it's and not bullying directly, though. Like, my own kid was a victim of pretty vicious bullying, but it was all, like, emotional. It was, yeah. like, stuff that was written down and handed to him, you yeah. know? And, and it was, like, I was amazed by their strength when, yeah. they, when I finally found all these notes that were given about, like, you've been such a terrible person and blah, blah, blah. And they were completely unfounded. None of them were true. Right. And it was just like these people had just set out to be mean yeah. to them and just give them all these notes. But the strength that my kids showed by like, yeah, they had a rough year. Yeah. And people were being mean to them, but they still went to school. They still did everything. 
they didn't feel like they needed to tell anybody. And yet when I found out, I'm immediately at the principal's office yeah. like, I need, I have a stack of note cards I need you to look at. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. You know, and so like to us as adults, we're like, this is a big deal. But it was already something that they had overcome. Right. Like they, they had it within themselves to be able to make it through that school year and be yeah. just fine. And the problem was gone the next year, partly because teachers were watching now well, but it, but like it was something like hey people are not always going to be nice to you yeah how are you going to handle that when that happens right and i'm like it really revealed something to me about my kid's character and yeah. i'm like huh yeah that's pretty cool yeah and that's the thing the reality of it is that everybody has bullied or been a bully to some degree at some point in their life see i always thought that i was bullied because I was the shortest kid in my class all the way up through until eighth grade. And I would have said in my school that I was picked on, that I was bullied. And then as an adult, I start thinking back through some of the scenarios and things that I said to people, words that actually came out of my mouth. And I'm like, I was at least an instigator, but I probably verbally bullied a number of kids. And I was totally that kid, too. And their pounding on me was probably fully justified. Yeah, I was was one of those kids, too. Like, I, I, I could line up, like, three or four girls that I was a teenager with that I just had no filter. I would say whatever I want, and I was just mean to them. But it wasn't, like, malicious meanness. It was just I said whatever the heck I wanted, and I didn't care. And... But I never, like, physically assaulted anybody or did anything like that. You know, it just is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think bullying should move forward because there's just so many things with that. I don't think Black Lives Matter is worth being afraid of. No. I really don't. I think it's, I think it's a – at its heart, I think it's a justifiable movement. But I think there's been some outliers that people try to point out and say this is what the movement is, and I don't think that's what it is. And, again – they're saying things that they feel are true. And if you believe in free speech, you have to be willing to defend things that you don't necessarily if, agree if with believe, or that you're not comfortable if with. If you believe in freedom of speech and freedom to assemble, you should believe in that. But going back to the pro-life issue, there are a number of people that have taken the Black Lives Matter position yeah. like and what they've talked about and what they've done and used it to commit acts of violence on police officers right. on, or, or, right. or they destroying do have the property it's or true. that kind of thing. It's so true. it's like they have it's had the, the same outliers. thing with the pro-life group. Like there are it's, it's, it's outliers. Sick. It's sick people who are using it as an excuse. Right. Same as with pro-life, same as with so many of these things yeah. that we try to villain villainize. But I think bullying has has some we're gonna probably knock pro-life out the next round yeah it probably will be yeah fast food versus identity theft i think identity theft is scarier than fast food because fast food's awesome yeah and fast food is a consensual death yes you've decided we have if you die of fast food we have agreed that the exchange is worth it we have agreed that we are taking you are taking (laughs) you have just sucked one year of my life and i have consumed Taco Bell. Yes. I'm okay with that. Well, I'm okay with that. And if balance. you took away all fast food, are you also going to take away granulated sugar? Because yeah. somebody will kill themselves not with going, a spoon eventually. I'm, I'm not going to sit at the end of my life and think, man, 
I could have another 45 minutes if I hadn't had that Taco Bell. That's <laughs> not going to occur to me. Was like, that was like, this will add 10 more years to your life. Have you seen those 10 years? He's like, from like 90 to 100? No, thank you. He's like, give me the bacon. So <laughs> give yeah, me whatever it is. I would, I would go with... Uh, I would go with uh, where? Where are we? I'm so sorry. Fast food and identity theft. Yeah, I would go with identity. I would go with identity theft. Yeah. Okay. Vaping and smoking versus NSA spying. Oh. Bless them. Both my brother-in-law and sister-in-law vape, but I'm sorry, it's the most annoying thing in the world. It's isn't it still harmful? It's much less harmful than smoking. Because it's just water vapor. It's much less harmful than smoking. So I basically sucking on a plastic. I applaud the fact. That at least my sister-in-law doesn't smoke anymore because she vapes. I don't know about my brother-in-law. No, it's a good stepping stone, I think. So I don't think vaping is anything to be afraid of. I no, think I'm it's... talking about like vaping and smoking together. Oh, and smoking. They're, they're both together. I think that's pointless. I, it annoys me when someone vapes and smokes. It's like, why? Like, what, okay, what are you, what are you gaining? Here again, I would put NSA spying forward. Because yes, without a question. If we're going to have, like, Without end a of question. days apocalypse, I still think it comes from, like, a big brother kind of, no doubt. like, government that's controlling. No yeah. doubt. NSA it is. Let's make sure we ring the bell each time. I feel like we missed a few of those. Yes, we did last time, too. Okay, pro-choice versus toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, crap. <sighs> Let's not take this too seriously. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is a hot... I think I think pro-choice should move forward because pro-life did, and I'm not even touching toxic masculinity. <laughs> there's just toxic, and there's people. It, I know toxic women. I know toxic men, and they're just they they suck. It doesn't matter who they are or what their gender is. Right. They just suck. Yeah. Um, so yes, I say pro-choice should go forward for some of the same reasons that pro-life did. There's there's rabid insanity on that side to some degree. And there's also some other scary things with that. There's some as very seen, scary things. As science is catching up with a lot of pro-choice arguments. Regarding, like, <clears throat> their fight against Born Alive Act. Yes. And stuff like that. It's, if you oppose the Born Alive Act, I'm sorry you're a bad human. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's the thing is science is catching up to it in terms of the excuses that have always been used. And it's starting yeah. to become a straight-up, I don't care if you kill this person. Yeah, like that's what like it's starting that, to that become. That person is marked for death, and if and the only like, the only people I know that are trying to hold out in that in a reasonable fashion are just the I don't feel like we can have a say over a woman's body. Like I ha- I don't agree with that thinking, but I get it. But I get it where has, you're coming from with yeah, that. I get yeah. where you're coming from with that at least. When it has so, yeah. different DNA, it's a different body. <laughs> right, right. Opinion. That's that's a whole that's a whole. Well, not even. Opinion. That's kind of science. Again, where science is catching up. But anyway, that's Woo-hoo. the whole thing. So pro choice right. moves forward. <laughs> All right. Uh, statism versus becoming a parent. <sighs> becoming a parent is very, very scary. I, walking out of the hospital with that thing and you're yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm supposed to take care of this? It, it is funny because that's the moment. Like, that's yeah. the moment. It's either that moment or when somebody hands you the child when they're upset. Yeah. Because before the child gets upset and you pass You're it like, to whoever yeah, it is. Here you go. Thing. They don't want me. But then they give them to you. And it's like, okay, I'm supposed to know what to do here. Um, oh, man. Statism, I, I got to admit, that's a word that I just don't understand yeah. all that well. I mean, yeah. I understand the difference between like 
federalism and statism, yeah. right? Like where the state is the answer to everything. Right. And that is kind of scary because like socialism, that's the solution yeah. that we entrust ourselves to a, a nanny state. Yeah. That's going to make everything fair. Yeah. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as. Statism always leads to revolution. Period. Yeah. Like you can't, I mean, look at Venezuela, look at, you name it, or, or collapse, look at Russia, you know, look at, look at the USSR. Statism always leads to revolution. People will not be oppressed for, for long. They will eventually rise up. So, yes, it may be scary in the short term, long term, it eventually falls apart. Um, parent, par- I, I would go with parenting on this one. Yeah, I, oddly and part, enough, of, part of <clears throat> the fear of becoming a parent is knowing that no matter what decision you make as a parent, you're always going to be wrong to half the people. Yes. Like, there is no correct way to do this. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And the only people who know what they're doing are the ones who have done things wrong and figured it out as they've been going. <laughs> and you really have to just lean on... I mean, honestly, I don't... I, without leaning on the Lord and being like, God, mm-hmm. I need wisdom now. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. <laughs> who gives to all men liberally without finding strength. Ask me why I know that verse by heart. <laughs> so parenting. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Are we on the last one? Last one. Hey, and we're, we're just hitting the hour mark. I'm proud of us. This has been ranty. <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes on one of these. I know. I'm uh, sorry. Running out of oil or getting married? Gosh. We were all told that by now we would run out, out of oil. Of, didn't, didn't running we? out of oil is garbage. I'm convinced that it is. It's garbage. And the problem is neither of us have geology degrees. No. But, okay, so... One but time I've also I, never seen somebody with a geology degree being the one arguing that we're running out of oil. <clears throat> I've heard people quoting supposed people who are like your Al Gores. Yes. But I've never seen a geologist stand up there and go... We're about to run out of all of this. And we if, need to make changes. If we run out of oil, like if we're running out of oil, wouldn't the Emirates be mostly afraid? Yes. Need the smallest amount of land. And once you suck everything out of that balloon, shouldn't it all be gone? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how and, fast are you pumping it out? Right. And we've still and got... How soon are you going to well, be Well, the United States has vastly untapped reserves of oil. Because we're all concerned about <laughs> so, the conservation and the extinction and killing the... So every time, I, every time I think about this argument, I think about a radio show that I was listening to, and the guy was sitting at his radio thing, much like we are, behind a mic, and he's like, I'm looking out over the San Francisco Bridge, and I'm just seeing all these taillights. And he's like, all I can think about is we're burning dinosaurs. <laughs> Like, there's little bits of dinosaurs <laughs> in everybody's little tanks, and there they all go, and they're just burning dinosaurs, and it's going to, he's like, it's going to run out, right? Like, there's only so many dinosaurs that were. We haven't well, made that, any new you know dinosaurs. That, you know that whole thing is... We haven't buried them deep enough for long yeah, enough to make You know make that oil. whole thing is actually bunk, right? I know that's it's got to be like no, it mentally. Is. I think it is. it's got to no, be. No, it absolutely is. Like oil can't just be no it's, dinosaurs. It's not. It's not. It's not. And yeah, plant that's, matter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> like I don't feel like either. I don't understand it enough, or we haven't gotten to the end of it. And what do you do with the wells that fill back up? Like 
They thought this this oil well was dry, and then they come back to it, and here's Lo more and behold, oil. I know it's it's a. I'm it's, not scared of yeah, running out of no, oil. No, I'm not also, scared of running out of oil. Getting married goes forward. I, I we're using say, we're using oil more efficiently now than we ever have in the history of its usage. But we're using more of it now. We're using more of it, but we're using it more efficiently. There was a time when it was literally used to like tar roads and oil lamps, somewhat. Yeah, and that was it. That was that was all we knew how to do with it. Now every part of it is used for something. Yeah, it's in this table. Yeah, I mean, it, for crying out loud, it's it's everywhere. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, the most terrified I I have been is right before. And this is gonna sound bad, but right before my wedding, I got up that morning, and I went for a run. Yeah, I do not run. I ran until I was like. Until I got my brain to stop. Yeah. Because the idea was that whole thing about the one. We did a podcast yeah. about the one. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because it's a lot of fun. Um, what if I got this wrong? Yeah. Is there anything? And like you're, it's the day of the wedding. Obviously, I'm not backing out now. Like right, I'd right. have to be, I'd have to be there's really a certain, horrible yeah, person. Like there's, there's a certain level of moral fortitude that if you have it, you're not going to walk out on a wedding at the last minute. No, like that. and like if there was red flags, I would have seen them by now, right? right? Like right. big enough to call this off. But yet there's still that like gnawing thing that's like, what if I got this wrong? Like this is this is this is so huge, and. I was just like, like had like the closest, like it wasn't a panic attack, but, but it, it was, was just like this, like, oh, like, I don't know that I'm able to answer that question. I don't yeah. have, I don't have enough spiritual uh, capability or understanding of the future or understanding. Yeah. I don't really know her, know her. Like I can't know her, know her until I get married. Like right. we can't know each other well enough. Even people that have lived together, like I, I get that, but like you don't know, know yeah. each other until you've made that lifelong commitment and you begin that journey together. Like yeah. at 95, maybe we'll look back and be like, yeah, man, we were really dumb, <laughs> but it worked out, you know. I, but I, I had somebody call me the night before my wedding and tell me that I shouldn't get married to Kayla. <laughs> oh my goodness! Have I never told you that? No, I won't get into the details. Of this Whoa. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the details after Off we're done with air. this. Yeah, because wow. for the sake of that person, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. That would not be kind. But yeah, I literally had a phone call, a phone conversation with somebody after my after my rehearsal dinner and everything was over. Everybody had gone home. And I was just settling in, getting ready to go to bed, making sure everything, and had this little texting conversation. They're like, hey, I should just call you to talk about this. And straight up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Told me that, that I That would shouldn't. probably make me want to get married even more. So, like, for me, that would have been very confirming. Like, all right, <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting pushback. This is good. I know I'm on the right track. That's right. Like, That's it's right. a way of gauging your world. Like, right. And, and that was my thing. Like has this been too easy? That was part of the panic is like, all of this seems really good. Is it somehow bad? <laughs> Did I miss it? Are my eyes half closed? What's going to jump out and get me? Ah, it's been too good oh, for too man. long. It can't possibly continue. So, right. so getting married is moving forward on that one. I'm assuming, right? That's what we did. That's what we did. Oh yeah. 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 We don't care about forward. running out of oil. That's no, not real. We don't care. You no, might care. You we might don't care. care. Yeah. All right. 
Well, there we right, go. There we go. Um, I don't really have an action step this week. I don't no. have anything defined. I think we have an action step for each other. You claimed that we were going to be much more active on social media. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you made no posts this week. Because it didn't count because I was on vacation and my <laughs> wife was working me like a dog during that vacation. So I'm going to say this. Not this week, <laughs> but the following week, I'm going to be on a legitimate vacation from school, vacation from work, and I don't have a list of honeydews. I'm going to start posting some stuff. We're going to start getting some stuff out there. Even if it's just – I'm actually thinking about switching over and just basically using the things we say as my only Instagram. Oh, there you go. Because I'm getting kind of tired of social media, but I feel like this is a purposeful social media, and doing yeah, something always, like that would be more I fun. I always am careful about what I like when I'm on our page because I'm like, right. maybe Nate doesn't like this. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm okay care. with that. We own it together. We can deal with the fallout together. Go. But anyway, uh, so we'll be seeing you on social media in yep. the upcoming weeks. We're going to start doing some more interactive things there. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this. We'll definitely be taking a break from this one next week. We'll probably just hit something straight up, yeah. and, uh, topical thing. And I said we do have a couple of guests that are coming forward, hopefully one of them being my cousin Ross, who we've talked about a little bit, coming up hopefully in June. Um, but we've got some others too. We really want to have our wives on here. We keep threatening to do it, the but we haven't done it the yet. The schedules are crazy. Very difficult. With children, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to find time where yeah. Our children are at odds and stages. Yes. All four of us are awake, but not with our children. Yes. That's, that's the, the difficult part. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this uh, excerpt from the, uh, the Fear Tournament. We'll revisit this in the near future. Uh, but you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll be seeing you next time. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.